time. You know who that nation <laughs> every now and then i start the show off and i'm at a loss for words i was at a loss for words for the wild card game that the saints played in against the minnesota vikings i was at a loss for words in the nfc championship game for the controversial nine call but yet i sit here in amazement and have a loss for words yet again. <laughs> Watching the Atlanta Falcons blow yet a big lead against an opponent. <laughs> an Atlanta Falcon fan can't tell me nothing. I just want to let that be known right now. An Atlanta Falcon fan can't tell me nothing. All right? I know this is the state of the Saints podcast, but the Saints did not play today. They're playing tomorrow on Monday Night Football. We're going to get to the predictions. But an Atlanta Falcon representative, a fan of the Falcons, can't tell me nothing. You were up 29 to 7. 29 to 7, 29 to 10, going into the half. And yet you lose 39 to 40 against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, <laughs> I don't have a dog in the fight. All right. I don't. I, I could care less who won this game. I, I put on social media, I wish they both could lose. But I would be lying to you if I were to tell you that this feels a little bit more sweeter that the Falcons were on the receiving end of an L. <laughs> Once again, now I know we have Falcon fans that come into the chat. We had a couple of last show I did. They wanted to talk noise. But I'm letting you know right now, Atlanta, for the sake of everything that is holy on this Sunday evening, do not come into the chat today, okay? Please, do not come into the chat today. You will be eviscerated. You will be destroyed because there is no excuse whatsoever for you to lose. When you have all that firepower offensively 
you lose to the Dallas Cowboys 40 to 39 when you had a 29 to 7 lead, 29 to 10 going into the half, and you blew it. I don't want to hear a damn thing. I just want it to be known right now. But thank you very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you very much on this very joyous, beautiful, wonderful Sunday evening. Thank you so much. This is the Saints Prediction Show. We're going to be talking about the Saints week two matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to be talking about some of the games that took place on today uh, that involved the NFC South teams. We've seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady get their first win of the season. What did that tell us about Tampa Bay and the Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> Blowing yet another big lead in, in, a, in a game. What does this mean for Dan Quinn as the head coach? But thank y'all very much for those filing into the chat. I just want to say I really do appreciate this. I know everybody else feeling just as good as I am. <laughs> right now. <laughs> but anyway, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get this party started, folks. Let me see what y'all got to say here. <laughs> Trevor says, Falcons can't say nothing to nobody ever again. <laughs> uh, who, who that says they Blew that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me, I didn't laugh so much. I done got my throat dry. Hold on, let me try something. <laughs> uh, making the NFC South look bad. Nope, 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 nope. They making themselves look bad. This ain't got nothing to do with the Saints. This ain't got nothing to do with the Bucks or the Panthers. This is making themselves look bad. Horrible. I don't see any Falcon fans in here today. And I, I guarantee you, most likely, you won't see any. Jerry Poor Jr., who that? Brian says, did you see Malcolm Walker's video? Uh, must watch. I'm going to have to check that out, man. I didn't see it. Screaming, laugh. <laughs> Dirk. Novinsky, thank you very much. Uh, we got uh, who that nation for life, or 2 Falcon special. <laughs> Ghostface Griller, who that? Brian. Shamika says, Living for Kendrick, know they they're going to take that L on their own. And let me and let me uh let me go ahead and address this too. Let me talk about my guy, Tack McKinley. Okay, let's talk about Tack McKinley, the, the main Saints troll that they have out there. This fool walking up to the airplane to board the plane to go to Dallas. He has on cowboy boots, Wrangler jeans a cowboy shirt and a 10 gallon hat with a, with a Louis Vuitton bag, which was nice by the way. And he up there talking about how about them cowboys? Look, let, let me, let me see this. If you're going to go all out like that, right? If you're going to get dressed up for this, you got to go out there and get that dub. All right. You cannot come out here dressed up like cowboy Curtis on Pee Wee's playhouse and go out there and catch an L. Now, this <laughs> I'm just being serious. Not only, not only did he underperform and, and, and did not deliver, he got hurt in the game in the process. Tag McKinley, look, I know for a fact. Look, I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. I know some of y'all may not know what that is. That's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the God, and Angela Yee. Charlemagne the God does something called Donkey of the Day. If the Atlanta Falcons aren't the Donkey of the Day on tomorrow. I don't know who should be nominated. I, I guarantee you, this should be the 
Falcons, okay? And it definitely should be Tag McKinley in particular, okay? Coming out there dressed up like he is about to be a stunt double on Cowboys versus Aliens. You know, I mean, I don't want to make any other jokes. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all know a few Cowboy movies I could name. I'm not going to do it. But anyway, you can't go out there and, and dress up like Cowboy and go out there and blow a huge lead like that embarrassing Falcon Nation all over the country. <laughs> but I must say, it did my heart glad. Look, I was kind of uh, bummed out, you know, no Saints football on a Sunday, and I'm watching some of these other games. It gives me another opportunity to look at some of these up-and-coming young players out here and some of the players that, that evolved. But watching the Falcons lose, Man, I feel good. There's nothing that can blow my, there's nothing that can ruin my mood here on this Sunday evening. Can't nobody. Christopher says, Who that for life? Them birds trash. Ha ha. Dirk laughing. <laughs> Dr. Drew laughing. Jerry says, Ghostface Griller, who that? Ghostface Griller, who that? We got Daniel says, They had to win. They didn't want it. All they had to do was fall on the ball. The commentators were talking about how they never seen an onside kick without a T ever. These, I mean, the ball was just spinning, 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 looking like roulette in Las Vegas, right? At a casino in Las Vegas. And they just watching it, watching it, watching it, watching it. And they can't fall on the football. <sighs> Look, I know they talk about the Saints. I know they, they tell us blue that and all that kind of stuff there. And I know they tried to say that the Saints were a snake bitten, a snake bitten franchise, but I think, I think we have to give this title. We gotta give the title to the Atlanta Falcons. There is no way in the world on this day, <laughs> I do not believe that the Atlanta Falcons aren't snake bitten. There's not a, there's nothing nobody can tell me to to tell to prove to me otherwise. This is a snake bitten franchise. How can you blow? I don't know. Look, the other thing about it is, folks, now, <laughs> we all know how the national media, the national sports world loves to broadcast Cowboy games, right? So you know the Cowboys versus Falcon game probably was the biggest game going into the 1 o'clock hour. You can make an argument about Tom Brady, but not so much, man. The Carolina Panthers, they're still trying to figure it out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But we all know that all of the eyes of the world were on the Dallas Cowboys playing in a one o'clock slot, 12 central slot. So the whole entire country, y'all see where I'm going with this, saw the Atlanta Falcons blow yet another big lead. When was the last time where the whole entire world had their eyes on the Atlanta Falcons? It was in the Super Bowl. When they blew a 25-point lead. So imagine a person watching a Cowboy game and they're playing the Falcons and they haven't really seen the Falcons in quite some time. And the narrative has been them blowing a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl and yet you sit down and watch the Falcons yet again and they're blowing a big lead. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Atlanta, there ain't nothing you can tell me today. There's not, there's not nothing you can tell me today. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Please, pretty please, stay away from Saints chats, all NFC South chats. Y'all fired. 
Y'all are fired. I don't care what y'all do for the rest of the season. Y'all might have just cost Dan Quinn his job. You do not keep your job giving up a huge lead like that. What were they up? What were they up? Like 22, 22 points, 23 points, something like that, right? 22, 23 points, they were up at one time, okay? They they were up as much as what? Man, it was up for quite a bit. I think it was like 19 or nothing or something like that, 20 or nothing. So they had a really huge lead. They were dominating this game. The, the, the Cowboys had no answer, and they lost. They blew it. They blew it, man. They blew it. Jackie says, uh, the play, like a peewee football players. Yeah, man, that was horrible. You don't keep your job after blowing the lead like that. What's worse, losing that lead or losing to the Cowgirls? Both. Both. <laughs> George Washington, thank you very much. He says, facts. Brian says, the game of the week is tomorrow night on ESPN. Who that? I agree with that. I don't know now, man. I ain't going to take that away from that Cowboy-Falcon uh, game. That was a pretty good game. You know, like, that was a good game, man. I Look, not, I mean, if I was just watching that as a casual fan – it was it was it 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 meant more because I had emotional investment because I don't like neither one of the teams and neither one of them lose I'm happy okay but it meant so much more to me it meant so much more to me. it was it was like it's like somebody that you've been dating for a long time and they finally tell you that they love you okay it, it's like oh, oh ladies it's like when you've been waiting for this guy you know what I'm saying to propose to you for such a long time and he does right makes you feel good. You know, like it's like going to Roscoe Chicken and Waffles, visiting California for the very first time. There's some things that just cannot <laughs> make you feel just as good as some other things. Those are some things in particular that made me feel the way that I did. This was beautiful right here. This was my wife walking on the sandy beach as we got married on the beach, as I see her walking. Um, through the sand this was that beautiful to me <laughs> okay this was beautiful this was wonderful right there okay <laughs> i mean that's this <laughs> oh man that's nothing that can ruin my mood here today man but look i promise you i promise you folks we gonna get into some safe football <laughs> but please please let let me enjoy this moment please okay we gonna talk about the nfc side we gonna talk about the saints too all right Jerry says, damn, that the, the choke line of blue dads, <laughs> 40 to 39. <laughs> the truth hurts. Who that? Donovan says, I keep hearing Julio Jones is better than Mike T. Drop that easy touchdown in the end zone. He struggles every year scoring. Yeah, man. Look, I said it on Twitter. I said, everybody telling me that Julio Jones, the best wide receiver in football, wide open. That 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 play right there probably would have sealed the deal for the Falcons, but it didn't, didn't <laughs> it? Didn't do it, and they blew it. They booted from the NFC South. Not welcome back until after the season. Who they look? I don't know who's a part, or I'm pretty sure because I know NFC Elite has been in here a couple of times. So if one of the administrators from e, uh, NFC Elite or the the NFC South dom, uh, domination uh, group, a devastation group. You need to block all Falcon fans for a week at least, okay? Like, they they can't say nothing, not a thing. They can't talk at all. 
they need to be muted for the rest of the week. That's what that's what administrators of these pages need to do. Okay, the pages that focus on the NFC South trash talking and all that kind of stuff need to boot the Atlanta Falcons out of the group for a week. Because what in the world can they possibly say to combat what we just saw? How? What what can what can they do? What can they say? In the words of that Jay Z song, "What more can I do? What more can I say?" I mean, what 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 can you do? Okay, what what can you do? Nothing, not a thing. <laughs> you can't do nothing. <laughs> but seriously, folks, they lose forty thirty nine. Greg Zerline. Uh, I, I look. I said this before. Greg Zerline kicked the field goal. I said he broke the hearts of the Who That Nation in the NFC Championship game, kicking that 57-yard field goal to send the Rams to the Super Bowl. Do it for your boy one time, okay? You broke our hearts. Please, please break the hearts of Falcon Nation. And he did. Thank you, Greg Zerline. Greg, the leg strikes again. But this time, I'm happy he did it. I'm happy he did it, man. I'm happy he did it. Matt Ryan crying in the, in the locker room. He gonna cry in the car. He gonna cry in the car. <laughs> TJ, you having a good old time? Hey, hey, Nola East. Yes, sir. Yes, I am, man. I'm happy, bro. <laughs> this show, this show cannot get any better. Okay, today cannot get any better. Okay, and not to mention, my wife just informed me that she's making tacos tonight. So I mean, this is amazing, right? So not only. Did I see the Falcons blow a big lead? But my wife is making tacos. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Come on, dude. Like, how, how can I be upset on a day like this? TJ, I think the Atlanta Falcons have uh, <laughs> Dane Bramage. <laughs> I don't know what they got, man. I don't know what they have. Young City laughing. Jay-Z, what more can I say? Boom, do. Do, 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 do. What more can I do? Boo, 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 boo. I know this much is true. <laughs> the truth hurts. Thank you very much, man, for the correction. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's my joint right there, though. Uh, it wasn't that they lost. It was how they lost. In true Falcon fashion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. TJ with the vocals. <laughs> just let your soul glow. I can't, I'm not gonna hit that one. I can't hit that one, kid. <laughs> I, I've been laughing too hard today, man. I've been laughing too hard. I, I, I heard my throat laughing at the Falcons. <laughs> so I can't hit the I can't hit the Fonsettos today. Taco Tuesday. Uh Darrell, it's Taco Sunday, man. Taco Sunday. Uh, and who they lost to. <laughs> Boy, you clowning. Hey man, I'm having a good time. I promise you, like I said, folks, we're about to get to the Saints game. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let's just go ahead and switch gears, man. Let's go ahead and switch gears, all right? <laughs> let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers game. We got Tom Brady getting his first win in a Tampa Bay uniform. I must say, in the first half, they look pretty doggone good. We see Mike Evans rising from the ashes. Uh, we see Tom Brady looking a little bit more in sync with some of the receivers. We see the running game picking up. Between you know, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette and uh, Jones, you know, so they were doing a really good job, man. Defensively, look, Tampa has a really good defense. I mean, we can't take that away from, them. but 
you look at the Carolina Panthers, and this is a team right here that has not figured it out yet. This is a young football team still learning how to win. The only thing that they have on this team is Christian McCaffrey, and he ended up getting hurt in the game. So they still are still trying to figure it out. And I know what the national media is going to do. They're going to cheer. Oh, Tom Brady, he the best. Oh, my God. Did you see that? He back. Super Bowl going to be in Tampa, and Tampa going to represent the NFC. They going to win the South. You know what they're going to do, right? That's what they're going to do. They do this all the time, right? Right? They, they, they write on both sides of the paper, right? They write, oh, Tom Brady going to win the South, and then they flip over if he lose. Oh, he's still not in sync yet. Look. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out there clicking on all cylinders. That's what they did. They came out there clicking on all cylinders against a bad football team. People need to start giving the Saints credit, all right? Because they come out there, they look like they unstoppable against the Carolina Panthers team, a bad football team. But they struggle against a team that's good like the New Orleans Saints. Can we just go ahead and just admit that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not better than the New Orleans Saints? They are not better than the New Orleans Saints. I don't care what Tom Brady did today. The Saints are a better football team. Why is it that they look like world beaters against a sorry team, but they look horrible against a good team? I will tell you, because the New Orleans Saints are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't care what anybody says. Tom Brady played about as pedestrian as a guy trying to walk across the street in incoming traffic. Okay, that's that's what this guy is. So He's 43 years old. I don't know why they still trying to hype him up like he's the Tom Brady of old. This guy cannot do it by himself anymore. He can't. Okay, he, he cannot. I mean, he throws an interception for the third time in two weeks, right? He only had like one touchdown, and he had what, with Mike Evans? I mean, come on, man. Give me a break here. I understand. Look, I got a lot of respect for Tom Brady. You cannot disrespect Tom Brady and dismiss the fact that he has six Super Bowl rings. I will never take that away from him. But this guy is 43 years old, and he is not the same quarterback as he once was. And there's going to be a lot of writing about the NFC South and Tom Brady over the next couple weeks because now they're going up against mediocre teams, mediocre middle-of-the-pack teams that they could easily dominate and, you know what I'm saying, learn how to win against. All right? So, I mean, it's it's pretty easy sledding from here. Let, man, let me let me pull up their schedule while, while I'm waiting here. Um, let me pull up the schedule real quick. I'm going to pull up their schedule. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and, and read some of the um, comments in the chat. Uh, let's not worry about the media. Let's worry about the New Orleans Saints winning football games that all that matter at the point Tom Brady is, uh, has been, never was. I won't say he was a never was, and I don't want to say he has been. I, I don't want to say that, man. But I am going to say that he is not all that, that people making him out to be, especially uh, in, in a Tampa Bay uniform. I mean, look at this right here, right? Now, the next game that they play, they play against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos just lost Drew Locke, right? They have uh, Driscoll playing in the game. I mean, he did okay, man. He, he did all right. You know, last play of the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers got a sack on him. I mean, but besides that, Driscoll, he did a pretty okay job. But, I mean, they lost Jared Judy. You know, he, they, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's going to be in concussion protocol. And they, they're really a young team still trying to figure it out. Even if Drew Locke was to play, they still are a young football team. Then you have the Chargers, who just out of nowhere just allowed Justin Herbert to start. So you know that that's probably going to be a tough game for the Los Angeles Chargers in that game. Then they go up against a Bears team who almost lost for the second week in a row 
this time to a terrible, horrible, Saquon Barkley-less New York Giant football team. So to say that they can't win that game, I mean, come on. The hardest game that they have next really is against the Green Bay Packers on October 18th. So what, what's going on here is you got a bunch of games that can make Tom Brady look like he is, you know, he, he he's going to save the South or he's going to be the king of the South. So they got their pen and their pads out right now trying to write this narrative over this mediocre slate of games that they're, you know, that they're playing these opponents that are middle of the pack. I mean, I, I, I dare anybody to find me somebody for the, for the teams that I just named with some elite quarterback play. Uh, like I said, Broncos, Drew Locke or Driscoll, take your pick. Uh, Chargers, Justin Herbert, take your pick. Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky, are you kidding me? And then you have, once again, you don't have good play until Aaron Rodgers. So miss me with this stuff about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When they play mediocrity, I'm pretty sure that they'll stand out. But when they go up against elite football teams, like I feel like the Saints are or the Packers are or Seattle is or somebody like that, then I guarantee you they're going to have some problems. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not proved anything to me except they can actually beat terrible football teams. The same thing that Tom Brady and the New England Patriots did last season. They had like six or seven straight games with mediocre um, mediocre quarterbacks and bad, you know what I'm saying, mediocre to bad football teams they played against. And they, and they looked unstoppable. Their defense looked unstoppable until they went up against the Baltimore Ravens and some of these other good football teams, and they looked like absolute slow. Tampa Bay will be what I like to call the smoke and mirrors team of the NFC this season. They will be. That's, that's my honest and humble opinion. Carolina, man, my goodness. You know, Teddy Bridgewater throwing two interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, I like him a lot. Okay. Do I, you know, I wish that, you know, they could have worked some things out between, you know, the Saints and him. But, you know, Drew Brees coming back, it would have been a little bit too tough. But Teddy Bridgewater cannot win you football games right now. You know, like, like he can win you football games, but he can't win you football games when he's up by like, when, when he's down by like two or three touchdowns. I, I can't see that out of him just yet. He's not a comeback kid type quarterback. He's a guy that can keep you in the game, you know, as long as, you know, y'all going tit for tat with a team, you, you have a, a good defense that can get stops. He can sustain drives. But if you if you have a, a, a team and you're going up against them and they're up by like three touchdowns or two touchdowns, it's going to be hard for Teddy Bridgewater to get you back in the game. I mean, he's not that quarterback just yet. I'm pretty sure he can be one day, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. And also the Carolina Panthers are learning that, you know, things can be imitated, but sometimes they can't be duplicated. They tried to get Joe Brady from LSU to run the same type of offense the New Orleans Saints run, right? But sometimes, you know, you need the right people in place in order for that to happen. And right now they're looking like the same team last year, that uh, a Christian McCaffrey dependent team that, that he is the only part of the offense that actually matters. And everybody else is just out there running aimlessly like those electronic football men that's running around in a circle on that table. Okay, that's all it looks like right now. So they're going to have to figure it out. And like I said, congratulations to Tom Brady for getting that victory. I'm not going to take it away from him. Leonard Fournette, he busted a run late in the game. But look, I got to see some more. And I definitely got to see it against some credible competition.
TJ, can we discuss Saints, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Atlanta, or boring? Uh, Ernest, you know what I'm saying? I, look, the Saints didn't play today. I'm talking about the NFC South. We're going to talk about the Saints a little bit later, Ernest, you know, but I just want to go ahead and break it down because even though we this is the state of the Saints, man, the NFC South does matter, you know, especially for positioning. I mean, these games today, you know, I mean, they affect the Saints. So we, we have to talk about them, especially – and I'm pretty sure if the Saints played today, this show would be more Saints dominant at the beginning. But, you know, we got to talk about the NFC South, man, and positioning. Uh, you think the Falcons got it bad. The NFL is experiencing an uptick in injuries. The Chiefs had only three healthy cornerbacks. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's like a mash unit out there, man. For real. Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. Uh, you had, who, who was that? Uh, Drew Locke uh, left the game. Uh, Judy left the game. Uh, I want to say, who, who else was it? Um, the guy that played for Tampa Bay last year, he left the game. Uh, uh, Mostert, Bosa, Garoppolo left the game. I mean, it would, it would look like a mash unit out there. You know, it was looking like a mash unit out there for real, man. Now, uh, Ernest, I, I mean, I ain't, take it, I ain't take it as disrespect, man. I ain't take it as disrespect at all, bro. You know, I, I agree with you. But I just want to go ahead and talk about the NFC South. You know, so many – so many injuries that happen. And, uh, you know, like I said, these games affect the NFC South. Say, bro, what you think about the Raiders? Are we about to get to that? The Las Vegas Raiders, man. What do I think about the Las Vegas Raiders? Okay, let's go ahead and get into it because I think we didn't talk enough about the NFC South. Time to talk about the Saints. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, I feel like, are they're a tough football team. Okay, I think that they're a really tough football team. I think that they have a lot of pieces that can uh, be nightmares for teams. I think they can be extremely competitive. Uh, John Gruden is their head coach. He's a guy that's familiar with Sean Payton and the Saints and how Sean Payton uh, does certain things. The fact that he was coaching Tampa Bay uh, for a couple of years uh, while Sean Payton was early in his Saints coaching career. So they know one another. They both are Super Bowl champions. And I feel like John Gruden is going to put the best game plan together to try to stop the, the New Orleans Saints offense. You have Drew Brees. A lot of unanswered questions about Drew. I mean, Drew only threw for about what? About 160 yards last week. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't really, a, you know, a, a huge factor. I mean, he, he did some okay things. So he's trying to bounce back. You got the offensive line trying to bounce back for getting misused and abused at the line of scrimmage against Tampa Bay's defensive line. So, I mean, you also have Alvin Kamara. Even though he had almost three touchdowns, he was having issues rushing the football. And also now you have the biggest X factor. Michael Thomas is not going to play in this game. I mean, and now they're saying that he's going to be out about two to four weeks. So you're going to have to find guys to get involved in order to step up, in order for them to, uh, you know, take up the slack for Michael Thomas not being a part of this game. I mean, I'm looking at some of these names right here because I wrote them. Well, I ain't write them down. I'm looking at some of these players here on my phone. Okay, Derek Carr had 200 yards last week against the Carolina Panthers, two touchdowns. Uh, you got Henry Ruggs, who uh, I think he messed up his ankle. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not, but we know how fast he is. He's a take-the-top-off-the-defense type guy. Derek Carr has the arm strength to get it to him, so the Saints definitely have to watch out for that. And the Saints do kind of struggle against guys that can go vertical you know, I look at people like Cooper Cup. I look at people like, um, you know, uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, I look at people like Brandon Cooks, guys that can take the top off the defense, 
those guys are, you know, the, the secondary of the Saints have struggled over the years with guys that have that type of elite speed. Uh, Kyle Fuller in week one, you know what I mean? So the Saints are going to have to watch out for him. Also, you got Max Crosby, a, a young uh, defensive end, a guy that could get pressure on a quarterback, a guy that's extremely disruptive. Uh, you got uh, Jonathan Abram. Uh, some of you probably know this guy. He's out of Mississippi State. Uh, did You know what I'm saying? Did an outstanding job for them. Uh, you know, a, a, very, a very good physical safety, still learning. And then, I mean, you have, uh, man, you got Damon Arnett, guy from Ohio State, was a shutdown corner. So, you know, he's going to probably be uh, lined up against uh, the Saints' best receiver at that particular time. Most likely it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. And, uh, you know, they got some bulletin board material. I mean, you got Trayvon Mullins who came out and said that he hasn't forgiven Drew Brees for his comments. And you have a lot of guys out there that, that are using that as ammunition, you know, even though, you know, the, the comments and all that kind of stuff has died down in the news, you still have guys that have not forgotten about it. So, you know, he's going to use that and he's trying to fuel his teammates with that type of emotion so they can go out there and make life hell for Drew Brees. You got Darren Waller. Darren Waller is another guy. Darren Waller is, a, you know, probably – I would say a younger version of Jared Cook. He reminds me of him. He has a he has a big catch radius. He's not afraid to go over the middle. He's not afraid to get physical. He came from the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, if you're playing tight end and a starting tight end for the Ravens, you definitely can't be soft. But I think that he, he has done a good job. I like his story, man. He's overcome so many things in his personal life in order for him to get back uh, to playing football. He got a contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, they have a lot of good weapons, man. They got a lot of weapons offensively and defensively. You can't forget about Littleton. I know some of you probably know him from him playing with the Rams. He's going to be their linebacker. So the Raiders have a lot of pieces, man. I know we don't really talk about them because for the last couple of years, uh, they haven't had much success. But when you go to a new market, you know, the one thing that you try to do is try to change the narrative. You try to bring on a new narrative. We've seen it happen with both of the Los Angeles teams, with the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, we've seen it on several other occasions when teams move from one location to another, and all of a sudden, you know, saying they always be in a playoff running. I don't know what that's all about. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist myself. I I'm going to just leave it at that. But I do think that the Raiders have a really good football team, but I think the New Orleans Saints have a better football team. When time you have Drew Brees as your quarterback, regardless to how we feel about him right now as far as his arm strength or, you know what I'm saying, regardless of all of that, Drew Brees still put the Saints in the best position to win. I feel like the Saints uh, can uh, run up the middle against Las Vegas. I think that they need to utilize the running game, and they definitely need to control the time of possession because you don't have that guy on third down that can move the chains. That usually was Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas not only ran Chris Rouse, but when it was third and four, third and two, you can count on Michael Thomas to get you a quick slant and his short hands to get you that first down. They don't have that right now. So you might have to be leaning on guys, you know what I'm saying, to try to uh, pass the ball on first and second down, probably get about four or six yards, you know, or even eight yards and set up maybe like a second or a third and two where you can use Latavius Murray. I feel like Latavius Murray is going to be more motivated in this game. And also Jerry Cook, man. These were two guys that were really good in a Raiders uniform, you had Latavius Murray, who ran for more yards than he ever did in his entire career in Oakland, and Oakland didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay him. They said, we don't think you're good enough 
And so they sent him, they allowed him, excuse me, they allowed him to go to Minnesota. And then you had Jared Cook. When the Raiders had absolutely no wide receivers, Jared Cook led the team in receptions and reception yards. So, and they didn't even want to pay Jared Cook. So these guys are going to be motivated, in my opinion, to try to spoil the plans of the Raiders franchise, okay? Even though they're not in Oakland anymore, they still have the same owner and Mark Davis, a guy that did not believe in these two guys. So I feel like if you feed the ball to Latavius Murray and you also allow Alvin Kamara to catch the ball out of the backfield and also line him up, you know, in a slot where he can actually run a uh, slot receiver type routes and use Latavius Murray as more as the running game, I think the Saints will be very, very successful. I, the, the game plan that I actually have for the Saints, I don't have them lighting up the skies or lighting up the scoreboards, but I do have them winning the game. And I got the Saints winning this game 27 to 16. I think the New Orleans Saints are going to get the job done. I think you're going to see maybe a fumble or an interception or something like that, something the defense is going to do. And I definitely think you're going to see uh, some penetration from the offensive line. Even though I have a lot of respect for the offensive line of the Raiders, I'm hearing that their left tackle is going to be like a second or third string left tackle. And Trey Hendrickson, who was coming off a really big, solid weekend last weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that he's going to be more motivated to play. And then you got Cam Jordan, you got Carl Granderson, you got Sheldon Rankins. So these guys are really, really good, all right? And the one thing that, that could keep the Raiders inside of this game is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is the guy who is the X factor for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's a guy that can run between the tackles. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Reminds me a lot of a, a, a Mark Ingram. You know, he reminds me a lot of a guy that's a battering ram, not afraid of contact, not afraid to fight for extra yards. But I feel like Demario Davis is going to be a, a key component to the Saints actually stopping Josh Jacobs. If Demario Davis can go out there and stop Josh Jacobs, if he can stop him from, you know, getting those extra yards, he can stop him from, you know, working in a passing game. I think that will stop Derek Carr and Derek, it will cause Derek Carr to try to have to throw the ball down the field. And I think that the Saints, the communication in the secondary, they'll be good enough to combat that. So if the Saints can put it all together, they can control the town possession, they can stop Josh Jacobs. And most importantly, they can be, you know, they can go out here and utilize the strength offensively that they have, then I think they can get the victory. But 27 to 16 is my score for the Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Ernest says, TJ, if Drew fails tomorrow, do you yank him? No, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't do that. I mean, look, I, just, I still say that Drew Brees gives you the best, you know, the best opportunity to win at this stage. Cook got something to prove. Yeah, him and Latavius. TJ, Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs had knee problems. He is listed as questionable. Yeah, you know, I remember, like, I actually watched the game where he actually got hurt. I, I saw that last week. I saw the actual play when he got hurt. So, Aiders baby, Yank Drew Brees for who? No, I, I don't agree with that. A lion does not concern itself with the thoughts of a sheep. Deontay Harris. Yeah, that's what Deontay, that was a that was a quote that he used in one of his press conferences. Donald Wood says, to be honest, I think we should run Latavius Murray 25 times, Alvin Kamara 15, get Ty Montgomery involved, Traquan Smith, Benny Fowler, Deontay Harris, Emmanuel Sanders involved too. You know, I was looking at uh, Sean Payton's press conference 
And there's not a lot of times where I call bull um, with anything that Sean Payton says, but I, I think I have to call BS um, for a comment that he made about Latavius Murray. And he talked about him not getting Latavius Murray in the game, and it's hard for him to try to find ways to get him in the game. And, and you know, it's, up to, it's, it's really up to him. Look, I understand how Sean Payton works. I mean, this ain't my first rodeo. I've been watching Sean Payton call plays for the past 15 years. If Sean Payton wants to get you involved, he's going to get you involved. If Sean Payton wants to call your number, he will call your number. The, that's why I was saying all last year when people were criticizing Latavius Murray, comparing him to Mark Ingram, saying, oh, man, he's not it. He's not that guy. He's not that dude. I was telling all the fans out there in Who That Nation, the reason why you have this type of uh, thoughts about Latavius Murray is because of Sean Payton. It's because Sean Payton has not utilized this guy. You see, every time Latavius, Latavius Murray's name is called, when his number is called, he answers the bell. Point blank, period. Rather you want to talk, talk about him being a different style of running back from Mark Ingram or not. They may be kind of different when it comes to like speed and maybe, you know what I'm saying, like I say speed, you know what I'm saying, and, and, the, and the size difference. But when Latavius Murray gets the ball, good things happen. He gets positive yards. So I feel like it's Sean Payton's fault that if anybody criticized Latavius Murray, it's because of Sean Payton. Sean Payton has to find ways to use Latavius Murray. When Alvin Kamara was not getting uh, any yards, any positive yards rushing, when Latavius Murray was getting into this game uh, last week against the Buccaneers, I seen one particular play. I mean, if, if that linebacker didn't give him a shoestring tackle, he would have still been running. Cause he, I mean, he, he got, I mean, he was going, he was going to break free. Latavius Murray is a really good running back. And I feel like the reason why nobody's really talking about him is because Sean Payton doesn't use him. And I feel like that would be shame on Sean Payton. And also I'm going to say BS to Sean Payton. He was talking about how hard it is to use running backs, uh, you know, multiple running backs. I'm going to call BS on that too, because we see teams, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the Tennessee Titans, we see teams like, we, we see teams like the 49ers. They use two and three different running backs, right? They That's what they do. They use different running backs all the time. We see the New England Patriots using two and three running backs. So I don't want to believe that a guy who is known as an elite play caller like Sean Payton can't utilize or try to find ways to balance two running backs in the system. Now, I get it. I get it, right? You just pay Alvin Kamara a whole bunch of money. You just pay, gave him a five-year contract. I get all that. And you're like, you want to get more bang for your buck. You want to be able to, you know, spin that Skrilla. You know what I'm saying? You want to make utilize that Skrilla. You want to make sure that the guy that you're spending all his money on gets the touches because this is your investment. But you got to be smart about it also. Just because you got a guy that's taking up the majority of the money doesn't mean that you have to forget about the, the guy that makes less money than the guy who, who's making the money. So I feel like if he's not doing that, then shame on him. And he has to find ways to use Latavius Murray because Latavius Murray is that guy. I believe in him. I believe in Latavius Murray. I really do. And anybody that don't, I, I encourage you to just check out the check out the plays where Latavius Murray was the more, the more dominant running back in the games where Alvin Kamara may have been out or – even week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I know what the stat sheet says, and I know what the stat line says. 
Alvin Kamara scored two touchdowns and Latavius Murray scored none. But if you look at the running style and who was being more successful running the ball in between the tackles and also running the ball in general, you will have to say Latavius Murray was the best out of the tandem last week. Saints winning tomorrow. Boosie, yeah, I think uh, everybody agree with you on that one. Uh, I think Kamara is a better north-south runner than he is a east-west unless it's a screenplay. Look, I, I disagree. I think it depends on the. I, I think it depends on the defense, uh, Diego. A lot of times, the Saints go up against teams that have elite uh, linebackers, and when you have linebackers that can run with running backs, it's kind of hard for that running back to be able to run those halfback tosses and those halfback stretches because you have that athletic linebacker that can chase him. It all depends on who you're playing against. When you're playing against Levante David and Devin White. It's hard for a, a running back to be able to, you know, get success on those screens or get success on those tosses. Sometimes you have to go right up the gap. You know, I feel like the Saints' strength last week was up the A gap on the side with Nick Easton and Eric McCoy. Uh, on the side where, where it was Andres Pete, you know, I think it was a little bit tough. You know, no disrespect to Andres Pete. You know, what I'm saying like I know, man, he had some up, he had up and down game, but you know, I, I feel like they had more success. So I'm interested to see also how they're going to respond now that Cesar Ruiz is going to play for the first time. I want to see how they're going to be able to rush the football. I want to see this young, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing guard tomorrow. I want to see how he is going to affect the game. So I think the Saints had more success running the ball up the middle against uh, Via Vea and Ndamukong Sue on last week than they would running uh, them halfback tosses with Alvin Kamara because you have athletic linebackers. But it won't be like that every game, Diego. You're going to see games where uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be able to bust through, you know. But it just that wasn't the game. The the linebackers were a little bit too athletic for that. Sorry, I'm late. I was trolling a Falcon chant. Ah <laughs> oh, man, hey man, you just you just missed it, man. The whole beginning of this uh, podcast was about the Falcons, so I, I advise you to uh, run it back. The truth hurts says Sean Payton act like he just don't want to run the football. Well, they ran a football last week. They they for the I think that was like the first time, man. I could say, man, first time in years I seen them actually run the football more than they passed the football. But that had a lot to do with they had a lead at you know they had a big lead, so they were trying to sustain it. But they still they still should have ran the football more than they actually ran the football to me. Peyton getting long in the tooth. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I I respect the fact that he came out and he said that was one of the worst uh, play calling games. You know, th- that was one of the worst games I ever play called. I got respect for that. So I'm looking for I'm looking for some type of changes going into week two. Kurt says Murray has been averaging four yards per carry. Sean only makes these silly comments because he's not a running coach turn Murray loose and watch him run for two or three touchdowns. I agree with that. And I'm, I'm not accepting this excuse, Kurt. You know, you don't become an elite play caller. You don't become one of the best play callers in the league and, and not know what you're doing. You know, I, I don't want to believe that. You know, I just feel like this. It. I, I want to take y'all back to 2010 if I can, okay? No, let me take you to 2011. Exactly. 2011, week one. It was the Green Bay Packers against the New Orleans Saints. Some of y'all probably know I'm, I'm, the game I'm talking about here. 
okay and you had yourself a young rookie running back named mark ingram you had a and it was i think it was maybe like fourth and goal or something like that if i'm not mistaken it was there was on but there was on the goal line i don't know if it was fourth and goal or not but you know what i'm saying the time was running out they had pierre thomas on his team at this time pierre was still there they had pierre thomas and then they had mark ingram now mark ingram was a young rookie at the time and you had pierre thomas who we all love and respect in the who that nation and know that pierre thomas is one of the toughest guys who ever played for the new orleans saints they're on the goal line at the one they need the touchdown in order to win a game against the green bay packers and what does what does Sean Payton do? He goes out there and he tries to display on national television his brand new toy, the rookie out of Alabama, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, on a, a few occasions in that game, they tried to go for short yardage situations with Mark Ingram. It was unsuccessful. Wasn't happening. All right. So the best choice at this particular time was for them to give the ball to Pierre Thomas. They didn't. Get a ball to Mark Ingram, and he gets stopped at the goal line. The Green Bay Packers win the game. What I'm saying is Sean Payton has his guys. And those are the guys that he is going to roll with first before he rolls with anybody else. The guys that he selected, the guy like Alvin Kamara, who nobody knew about out of the University of Tennessee, and we found him. And now look how explosive and how great of a player he is. And that's something that we did. That's something that we found. But instead of him looking at Pierre Thomas, who was the logical choice to actually get that touchdown, you want to go with your shiny new toy. I feel like the fact that Latavius Murray is not a, a Saints guy, right? He's a he's a journeyman type guy. Raiders, Vikings, Saints. He's a journeyman running back. Not the guy that's a household name. Not the guy that you can mold and shape into your New Orleans image. He's, he's just a running back that you found in the free agency that can replace the guy that you drafted back in 2011. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why Sean Payton actually lead those guys on the bench. And he goes with the guys that he drafted, the guys that he knows, the guys that he he has put so much time and effort in. But sometimes that can be a mistake. Sometimes you got to be able to get out of your own way. You got to get out of your own way. Sometimes you got to humble yourself and say, it's not about me. It's not about how I want the world to look at me. I want us to win. Winning is the most important thing here. What puts us in the best position to win? In short yardage situations, who is getting more yards? Who is the guy that is moving a pile? Who is the guy that is going to fight for extra yards? Who is the guy that is going to give me the results that I'm looking for? Latavius Murray is the guy. No disrespect to Alvin Kamara. Can he break tackles? Absolutely. Is he elusive? Absolutely. But when it comes down to it, when we're talking about strength, when we're talking about brute force, when we're talking about moving a pile, when we're talking about the way that he is built, Latavius Murray gives you that best option. So you need to utilize this guy. There's no need for you to be paying this guy $4 million a year. This guy is able-bodied. He answers the call every time you call him. He does amazing things, and you still don't use him. There's absolutely no excuse for that. You got to get out of your own way, Sean. You, you got you to get out of your own way. I remember that crystal clear. Yeah, I mean, it was right on the goal line. You know, Pierre Thomas was was clearly uh, playing better than Mark Ingram in that game. But I want to show the whole world we got Mark Ingram. We got the Heisman Trophy winner. 
So I don't know. I, I just think that that's that's not a that's not a good look. You got to be able to get out your own way. Hey TJ, are you going live tomorrow before and after the game? Uh, yes, I am. Yep, before and after the game, I will be going live. No, after the game, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go live after the game, folks. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go live after the game. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go live. Bef- I'm going to just basically uh, do a recording uh, before the game. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna record and then you know what I'm saying it's just something that you all can look at, and then I am going to uh, do something after the game and if, if it changes then you know so i'll let y'all know I, i'll let you know but I, I know for a fact i'm going live after the game and also i'll just give you all like a one or two minute halftime report also so let's see ingram had a lot of injuries and fumbling problems in the first few years in the league it wasn't until 2014 before he started to show something unfortunately some players take a little longer to develop yeah I mean, Mark Ingram, yeah, he has some ups and downs. But I will say this about Mark Ingram. If he has a bad game one week, he comes back angry, and he plays out his mind the next week. So he that, that's a guy that has a lot of pride, and, and, you know, a lot of pride and a lot of a person that really dedicates himself to trying to be the best. So I, I got a lot of respect for Mark Ingram. Uh, already read that. Was Deuce like Matt Ryan is Tom Brady. Come, come on, man. Uh, you said what's deuce like Matt Ryan is Tom Brady. Come on, man. I, Ernest, what you meant by that? I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't I understand that. His lowest average was, was 3.2. Yeah, and fumbled the fo- uh, football a lot too. And speaking of fumbling the football, uh Latavius Murray, do y'all know he hasn't fumbled the football in almost three years? Just a little little fun fact. Murray only averaged in the uh threes two times in his career. I mean, he's a good running back, man. Yeah, I mean, he is a really good running back. Vegas Raiders said, TJ, could you please ask the Saints defense to please not hurt us, please? The Vegas Raiders. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I can't make no promises. I mean, I'm pretty sure guys don't go out there just intentionally want to hurt people. If they do, shame on them. But man, I hope that, you know, they, they shut y'all down. I am in the UK, so I will be watching at 1.20 a.m., man. Man, my goodness, man. Diego, thank you so much, man. Thank you for your loyalty uh, and being a part of the Who That Nation, man. Big Q is going live two hours before the game. Yeah. If I do, man, it's probably going to be in the morning. You know, if I do, it's probably I'm probably going to do – I'm probably going to do my show in the morning. I love primetime games before it feels like Sean Payton calls plays loose. And the team seems to get out to a fast start. I'm hoping we continue that tomorrow. That is true. That is true. I, I do see like a, a lot of uh, energy, a lot more passion, a lot more passion in those games. Kirk says Sean and his gutsy calling uh, also has caused us to lose out for the past three years. We have too much talent overall throughout the team than to just uh, stick with only his favorite guys. I agree. You can't you can't do that, man. You got to utilize everybody. And I do feel like sometimes it's play calling. It, it's too, you know, it, it's designed, it's designed way too much for only a, a handful of players. Like, I, I don't want to believe that if somebody like a Lil Jordan Humphrey was to go to another team, he won't get at least about three or four targets a game. You know, even if he's at like the bottom of the roster sheet. 
you know, it just seems like those plays are just designed for uh, just a handful of people. Kamara, Cook, you know, Michael Thomas. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I feel like uh, they ain't really got no package for, for Traquan. They probably got a package now for Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, it, it just seems like it's just the same guys, and it's, like, so predictable. So I, I don't know, man. I just think that he just has his favorites, and his play calling kind of kind of shows that. Derek Carr says, I'm too soft and fragile for Cam's hits. He's going to make a girl out of me. <laughs> Derek, uh, thank you very much for the $5. I actually like Derek Carr, man. I'm not going to lie about that. I know he's not everybody's uh, a quiet taste, but, uh, you know, I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. Everyone hit the like button. DLP, I appreciate that, man. And um, not only hit the like button, man, make sure that y'all, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel also, man. I'm just uh, just want to let that be known. And also we're doing a competition. Uh, we're going to announce the winner of the person that's going to receive the State of the Saints podcast T-shirt on tomorrow. What I'm asking you to do is to subscribe uh, to a streaming app, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor FM. Snapshot the picture of you following, and uh, you'll put yourself in a running to win a, a T-shirt. The winner will be now announced on tomorrow, so be sure to do that now. And like I said, just send it to me, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, uh, state of the, uh, stateofthesaints at gmail.com. I hope he doesn't outthink himself versus Gruden. I don't think so. This is Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore team now. Yeah, but I mean, you still got other players on the team to make it go. Man, I miss home, and this feels like home. Who that for life? Hey, I mean, shouts out to you, Diego, man, out there in the UK. Jerry Cook says it's going to be in the game plan a lot. Emmanuel Sanders also. I hope so. Are those backgrounds an illusion of some sort? Uh, it's a green screen, man. That's a green screen. Yeah, so I can kind of project anything off the screen right here. Man, it came a long way, man, from me just <laughs> me just standing in front of a camera or me not even being on a camera at all. But, yeah, that's a green screen behind me, man. Is P.J. Williams playing tomorrow? I'm pretty sure he is. I didn't, I didn't see him on the injury report. And I'm pretty sure he's going to play a lot of safety and nickel. So those are his strengths. Debo, the guy, says Saints not going nowhere without the run game in the playoffs. I agree with that. I agree with that, brother. You ain't about to get an argument from me. Uh, Diego smiling. Shouts out to you, man. Hey, man, everybody give Diego a thumbs up, man. Watch it all the way in the UK. Y'all, y'all, give, my, y'all give my guy a thumbs up, man. Uh, Tyrell says Saints going to cash in their chips, uh, pun intended. <laughs> yeah i like that i like that little vegas reference right there too man very clever tyrell uh yeah pj williams uh just a friendly reminder reminder falcons lost really really <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean i mean thanks for telling us this man i appreciate that and i'm not being sarcastic man i'm really not <laughs> i'm not really being sarcastic yeah i'm just I'm just glad you brought that up so I could be reminded again <laughs> that it happened. Thank you so much, man. Man, once again, man, give Diego all the way in the UK a thumbs up, man. Shouts out to Diego, man. I know it's late. I know it's late. He watching uh State of the Saints right now. It's late out there in the UK. Uh, Donald Woods Jr. says, I'll be stealing lemonade from them little children's lemonade stand. Then I run like crazy so their parents can't catch me 
and pulled my mask off. <laughs> Donald, uh, thank you very much for the very disturbing uh, comment right there. I don't know why you want to take kids' lemonade money, but shame on you, my friend. But thank you for <laughs> being a part of the show. Uh, the truth says, I'm in North Las Vegas, and these Raider fans are talking mad mess. But they cool, though. I tell them who they that's cool, man. Like I said, I mean, if you're in a place where, you know, they have a football franchise, I mean, that's expected. You know, you don't want them to be like, man, yeah, I mean, y'all going to beat us. I mean, well, you know, we got to expect the fact that they have a lot of pride, just like we have pride as Saints fans. I'm going to read a few more guys and I'm going to get on, get on out of here, man. Watch the rest of the games and also enjoy some of my wife's tacos you know what i'm saying she's taco sunday here in the jones household so looking forward to that uh melanin guy 504 says debo the guy that picture it it caught me off guard <laughs> oh man all i can say is falcons lost and i'm happy about it that's all i gotta say about that but uh, i want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast i really do appreciate that um let me read Josh, and then I'll read Kurt, and then we'll get up out of here. I can't see the Raiders lasting long in Las Vegas. Uh, it's not a football town. I, I, uh, Josh, I, I have to say I have to disagree with that, man, because Vegas is a hot spot and always has been a hot spot for sports. I mean, gambling. And it's one of the main reasons why the NFL didn't want a team in Vegas because, you know, of the casinos and stuff like that. So that's the reason why, but – I can see it being there for a long time, and I can see it being one of the most prosperous franchises, my friend. Uh, people like gambling, and they love football. So you put you you give them the best of both worlds, it's going to be successful. And uh, finally, Cl uh, Kirk says, I wonder sometimes if Sean could see actual tune-ins to this podcast. He could get a lot of pointers from you, TJ. Well, Kirk, you know, I'm not going to brag or boast. I mean, Sean Payton forgot more football than I can ever know, you know, but – it's just things that I actually see, man, as a Saints fan. Everything that I, I say and I present, it, it just comes from a place of passion. And, you know, I've, I've been around the block a few times when it comes to sports. You know, I've been following sports my whole life. You know, I probably can tell you intriguing storylines from all 32 teams. I mean, I just love football. You know, I love football. I love sports. It's my passion. It's what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I, I want to be, you know, behind the mic, you know, talking on the radio, talking sports you know that, that's what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my life i believe so uh but sean payton i just think that sometimes like he has his his favorites you know he has his favorites and sometimes it's hard for him to get away from that to get other guys to develop and become better players that, that's just that's just me man but once again i appreciate everybody for tuning into the state of the saints podcast please subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast if you have a friend that just so happens to be a fan of the Falcons, please check on him right now. Uh, make sure that he doesn't have any sharp objects or rope around him. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Might be a little ugly for him. You know what I'm saying? Talk him off the ledge. You know what I'm saying? Look, be that friend. Be that sponsor for him. Be like, everything going to be all right. You know, you can sing the song, the sun will come out tomorrow. You know, I mean, you, you can go ahead and sing him a song. You know what I'm saying? Make him feel good. But also... <laughs> Follow on uh, Facebook.com, Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Also, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Please subscribe to one of those streaming apps, folks. I cannot stress that enough. 
the numbers are going up on the streaming apps but i really need your help man we're really trying to push this streaming app to make you know to make it successful is one of the things that i'm really trying to focus in on you know i'm trying to make sure that people get fully involved in subscribing to this so just take two seconds i mean if you have an iphone is you can just check on apple podcast you can search the state of the saints podcast and just subscribe that's all i'm asking of you i would really do appreciate that appreciate your time thank you for spending your sunday evening with me and i look forward to talking to you tomorrow when the saints take on the las vegas raiders in vegas till next time all i gotta say is who that <laughs>